It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole, and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I've got some headlines that I've sort of cherry-picked from the last week or two, Angie, that I wanted to bring up on today's show to get your reaction to them and see if we can uncover what they might mean for buyers and sellers locally. How's that sound? That sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Uh, first one, that this one kind of caught uh, a lot of people's eyes, I think. Home sales hit 2006 levels. So this is the National Association of Realtors reporting that the month of August saw such a hot market, it can be compared to the amazing housing boom of 2006, when things just were going up and up and up. Um, August sales prices up more than 11% from a year ago. Is this kind of jiving with what you're seeing locally? And and how much more room do you think there is to go up? Yeah, you know, I I agree with the numbers there and that, you know, information. um, I mean, we are booming like crazy. And not only here locally in the Triangle, but I know just across the U.S., everyone's seeing, you know, the same amount of, you know, just increase in, you know, traffic just within their local markets. But, you know, as far as, you know, will it continue to go up from here? I do believe it will. I don't, you know, I think it will eventually kind of slow down as far as that pace of appreciation goes. But I don't expect to see that big burst or that bubble that we saw in the past, you know, because that was a reflection um, of the mortgage, the lending, you know, kind of departments giving loans to those that shouldn't qualify. All of a sudden, you know, many homes went into foreclosure and a short sale, and it really just took a, a big hit on the overall market, the real estate market in general. So I think, you know, for right now, I do, you know, foresee that things will continue to increase, you know, values will continue to appreciate. And that's because the limited inventory that we have in our market. You know, it's supply and demand. We have so many buyers that are wanting to purchase. They want to take advantage of the low interest rates, but then we have a limited amount of inventory. So what you see there is, you know, with a limited amount of inventory, the, you know, influx of buyers in our market, we're seeing that values will continue to improve. Yeah, I think it's interesting to look at how fast things have grown here in 2020, despite a pandemic across the world. It's been interesting to see real estate not fall victim to, you know, like so many other businesses and situations have throughout the COVID crisis. Real estate's been able to just kind of keep ticking. So it's interesting. Sometimes it seems kind of uh, tied into what's happening in the economy, the real estate world, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes those two things aren't linked necessarily, and it's kind of been the case in 2020 so far. Interesting to look at. Big equity gains for homeowners was another headline. Kind of goes hand in hand with that home sales headline. This one was looking at folks, though, that even if you're not selling, there's reason to celebrate. The average equity gain for homeowners in the second quarter of 2020 was almost $10,000, 9800 in fact. Uh, North Carolina was listed as being slightly above that average at $11,000 added in equity. Interestingly, uh, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Arizona had the largest gains. All four of those were 20K plus in terms of their gains in that second quarter. 
But interesting to see. North Carolina seems like it's uh, doing well in terms of the equity and pricing gains here uh, throughout most of 2020 so far as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if actually locally here within the triangle, the gains might have been even more because, of course, that's a number based on the whole state, you know, versus just the triangle locally. And so I would only expect that actually the triangle has seen probably even more appreciation. So, yeah, even if you're not thinking about selling, I mean, that's a that's a positive, right? Everyone likes to know that they made a great investment and their home is worth even more than what they paid for it in the past. Yep. Gives you the chance to uh, pull out equity if you need to for any particular reasons or just, you know, pat yourself on the back, I guess, and know that prices are heading up. So if you do sell in the future, you're building in some more and more buffer there, which is fantastic. Never a bad thing to have more equity in the home. That's for sure. Another little headline here, Angie, a CNBC article came out that shows that more baby boomers are shunning mega developments. All right, so instead of looking for, I guess, you know, a bunch of cookie-cutter homes in a retirement community, uh, they're starting, and then kind of out in the suburbs and that sort of thing, they're starting to look for customized housing that can foster more of an active lifestyle. So it's sort of a shift away from the re- traditional retirement communities and more toward, like, smaller um, pop-up communities closer to college campuses, more walkability, chances for lifelong learning opportunities. Uh, to me, this doesn't this didn't really sound like news because I always thought retirees did look to move closer to college uh, college towns and that kind of thing. I thought that was a pretty noticeable trend for many retirees in the past, but I guess it's even more of a trend now. Or they're not just in the community, but they're like really trying to get close to maybe the the town centers and that kind of thing. Have you seen anything of that locally with all of our universities? You know what I. I don't know that I've actually seen that. I'm thinking that maybe, you know, maybe it's more of, you know, maybe a condo lifestyle being closer, like you said, the walkability to restaurants, you know, shopping nearby, exciting and fun stuff where, you know, in the past, what we've seen is retirees or active adults were really gearing towards those active adult neighborhoods where they are, you know, uh, 55 plus or 50 plus. Um, But I have heard some feedback that, you know, they're not quite there yet. It makes them feel old per se, right? You know, and they don't want to limit themselves as far as who they're being surrounded by. Um, so maybe, and I, I feel like I don't have much information to give here. I don't know that I've strongly seen this one way or another, I would say. You know, I think a lot, it just A lot depends. of anecdotal type things. Yeah, I think it just depends mm-hmm. on the individual, you know, as far as, you know, I, I do see, of course, a lot of retirees trying to be closer to their kids, their children, their families. Um, so wherever their children are living, you know, that's kind of where they're following because eventually maybe there's grandbabies and, you know, so, you know, maybe we're seeing them kind of steer away a little bit of the exclusive active adult neighborhoods and more, you know, looking for convenience, um, to be close to, like you said, just more of the active lifestyle, um, and being closer to shops and restaurants and whatnot, because I know of several active adult neighborhoods within our area and they are not necessarily walkable to restaurants and shopping. Okay. Like they're, they're their own community within itself and they have amazing amenities, you know, and activities. But, you know, for example, like, you know, uh, in Cary, there's a Del Webb neighborhood there. You know, you can't just walk outside of the neighborhood and go to a nearby restaurant. So you still need to get in the car um, or get some type of transportation. So, you know, maybe being just a little bit closer to those, you know, features are maybe more important to them now. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, Certainly a good discussion to have. Um, But I agree with you. It seems sort of like a more of an individual basis kind of thing. See what people value, where they want to go. Yeah, I guess I don't have a strong opinion or not seeing, you know, one way versus another. Um, I think it just depends mm -hmm. on the person. 
Yep, absolutely. Uh, some buyers, this is a, now this is a big one, last headline for the moment, Angie. Some buyers are waiving inspections. I think this is a really important one to talk about. Uh, they're waiving them because inspectors are so booked up. It's kind of two reasons. One, inspectors are so booked up that it's adding weeks to the process and buyers want the transaction to go faster. They don't want to wait three or four weeks to get to that inspection. They want it to go faster, so they're waiving it. Uh, the other reason is people who are in active markets. Obviously, if there's a bunch of bids coming in, they can make it more competitive by saying we're going to waive the inspection and thus the renegotiation of potential repairs and that kind of thing. And to sellers, I can see how that would be very attractive to no more hiccups or bumps in the road from the seller you know, coming and poking around and looking at the home. But boy, that seems pretty dangerous for such a big investment to do that. Is there any way you'd ever recommend bypassing inspections? No, honestly not. Um, and I, I'm not really seeing that trend in our local market. I know the inspectors that we work with, I mean, yeah, they're busier than normal, but they're not that booked out. They're not three and four weeks booked out. I mean, we're still doing 30-day closing. So, and at max, I would say 21-day due diligence periods. And of course, inspections are completed during due diligence. So, you know, most of our our inspectors, our preferred contacts, I mean, they're on probably about a week turnaround time. So it's not that significant. And although they are, again, busy, you know, we're able to definitely order those in a timely manner. I do understand as far as making your offer stronger, there was the mention of waiving inspections. I don't tend to hear that, you know, maybe they are willing to buy the home as is. But even when you buy the home as is, I would strongly advise you still have your inspections completed because, you know, you never know what surprises will come to light when once inspections are completed. And, you know, although the home is being purchased as is, I mean, if there's something just, you know, absurdly just major, like maybe there's an HVAC that is completely broken, you know, you better bet you can go back to that seller and try to renegotiate some because if you back mm-hmm. out on them, when they relist, that's a material fact they'll have to disclose. And I bet they'll have to buy a new HVAC. So, you know, you don't want any surprises uh, once you move in. And once you own that home, you are taking on all responsibilities, you know, that come along with that home. So even if you are making your offer stronger um, and more attractive by purchasing the home as is, stating that you will not negotiate repairs, still, I highly advise that we still order inspections and have those completed, just so you have a rundown of, you know, what's wrong with this home, what needs attention, you know, once I move in, that's very, very important. But yeah, again, we're, we're not running to the hiccup that inspectors are so booked out. And if ours were, we would get another great one on board. You know, that's important mm. for our clients. Yep, that's good. So underscoring the importance of getting that inspection, make sure you do it. Don't waive that right. It's really important as a buyer. So a little troubling to see that that's apparently becoming a trend in some markets, but it's good news to hear that, Angie, you're not really seeing ground truth to that in our area. So that's yeah. definitely we're, good I mean, there. We're here to protect you, right? And so, yeah. you know, even if it's your decision to waive the inspections, we will put that in writing that we advise you to have those completed. So um, that's just a risky, risky route to take. Not a great way to go about it. Yep, absolutely. Such a big purchase. You want to make sure that you know what you're getting into fully. So that's why you should get those inspections done, certainly. Uh, If you want to learn a little bit more about inspections, by the way, or about buying a home, we've got two great resources for you. Uh, There's the inspection guide that Angie has uh, made available to you and a homebuyer's guide that Angie's team has specifically created. You can get those guides by texting the word SAVVY to the number 21,000. Again, text the word SAVVY, S-A-V-V-Y, 
to the number 21000. We're going to send you a link that you can click on, and then you'll be able to see the buttons available to you for downloading that home buying guide for free, as well as the inspection guide, both available to you right now. Just text the word SAVVY to the number 21000 if you want to check those out. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919 578 3128. Did you know that Angie Cole also has a radio show? Tune into the Savvy Realtor, Saturdays at noon on 106.1 FM WTKK.